yourself lucky to have fallen in love with a girl, the city and the river of mud. Greetings, fellow investigators. Welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Crescent City Nights, and Kurt LeBlanc is our GM. This is episode 12, and I will be once again doing the recap as linguistics professor Leon Fontenot. So, without further ado, commencez notre voyage dans le ténèbre. It never fails to amaze me how some people are quite comfortable living in squalor. Massachusetts is a beautiful commonwealth filled with historical significance and patriotic pride. My God, the pilgrims landed there, for goodness sake, and started the whole damn country. But pride is something these Waitleys lack. It was Sunday, the 12th of September, 1926. We spent a number of hours going through Mordecai's hotel room, finding nothing but those damn statues and a, a few receipts. We then proceeded to his car, where John Jerry smashed the passenger side windscreen to allow us access. Inside, we found a number of items, which we decided to take to La Rose Noire, Miss Martinez's shop, for further examination. But before we left the car, I discovered another crumpled receipt, this time for Yolanda's Pottery Shop, the source of the abominable statuary. It was five statues purchased, not four, as we had originally assumed. Though I am a man firmly rooted in detached objectivity, I cannot help but speculate along highly subjective and prejudicial lines. It would seem that old Waitley was carrying on the traditions of his family in the pursuit of black arts. Four times he failed to attract the attention of his demon servant, but it may be the fifth time he was successful, only to discover, as so many other dark wizards before him have, that it is a supreme folly to bargain with the devil. From his vehicle we recovered two blasphemous tomes and a painting more abominable than any other item so far. They had the faint odor of lilac, same as the receipt from the shadow stacks. The painting, oh, how do I describe it? The whole thing had a seething quality of an opium-induced nightmare, like something from Hieronymus Bosch or Richard Pickman or, or Goya. In fact, its subject matter with naked, twisted figures and masks engaged in fornication of every type reminded me of a great deal of Goya's madhouse. It took me quite the effort to look away, and I tried to protect the ladies from viewing such a monstrosity. The painting was entitled The Rapture of the Debase. The books were more what I expected, witchcraft and the occult, the revelations of Haley, a modern reprinting of a high quality from Golden Goblin Press, a New York-based publisher. In my opinion, nothing special, but Miss Noble and Miss Martinez seemed very interested. The second tome was similar to the first, with a different title, Unspeakable Cults, or Unersprechlichen Kulten in German, by the same publisher. It was an edition produced in 1909 from a much older tome. 
It was multilingual with large portions in German. Being a linguist, I asked the others if I might borrow the tome and see if what I could learn. It was ponderous, difficult to understand, quite disturbing. What I could make of it and, and parts of it pointed to answers to questions as yet unasked, dark things. There was also a, a flask of an unusual size and shape. Miss Martinez discovered that it was a camera, obviously designed for covert photography. The logical conclusion was that uh, it, was, uh, it was made for Waitley uh, to take pictures, possibly of naked people. He was a pervert or a blackmailer or something like that. The last mystery that we managed to solve had to do with the Denodark bruise, the receipts that we'd found earlier. Remy was friends with a Mr. Santos Hernandez, who ran the establishment. He described Waitley's previous visits, apparently having gained some capital from the, from the sale of those old coins and having spent a large portion on occult curios, he proceeded to flaunt his newfound wealth on the customers at the coffee shop. There was something else. Perhaps I'm being a suspicious man, but uh, I am pretty sure I saw a rather strong reaction from Santos at the mention of the books and the painting. It may be nothing. But he also claims to have seen the footprints of a big cat. Something about that Spaniard seems a bit fishy. There was a large oaken door in the shop, heavily locked. I naturally assumed that it was Santos's apartments above the coffee shop. But right after speaking to us and looking rather nervous, Santos excused himself and passed through this door and locked it behind him. So here we sit, sipping our cafe au lait. It's our intention on what is now Monday, September 13th, 1926, to investigate this Yolanda's pottery shop. I also think we might discuss some of these findings with either former Inspector Legrasse or Monsieur Laurent de Marigny. Surely they may shed some light on these uh, discoveries of ours. Miss Rose suggests that we might find a local photographer and recover any photos taken by Waitley. John Jerry should have no trouble doing that. I believe we are getting closer to some answers. If there is something dark and sinister going on here, I only hope we get to it before it gets to us. <clears throat> right. Professor, I will say that the more time that you spend in the Crescent City, your cadence and tone is such that would support a successful run at the state legislature. It's the problem with uh, being a linguist. Why, just a few months ago, you wouldn't have been able to tell me from any Bostoner. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's why they call me a lobbyist, Governor. <clears throat> All right, so here, here we are. Uh, you guys just uh, finished your conversation with uh, Santos Hernandez. And after that, he kind of turned the shop over to uh, one of the other employees and headed into his, what you assume to be his private quarters. So, Raymond, how well do you know this Mr. Hernandez? Uh, only only insofar as he's a, a local shopkeeper, not, not so different than myself, but uh, we go back well enough that I, I have to say his behavior not too long ago was a bit strange in, by my measure. Is he a superstitious man, religious man? 
I think all the Spaniards uh, have a bit of the Catholicism to them, but I haven't known them to be much in, into the voodoo or anything of that nature. It seemed like we touched on something that uh, made him a bit nervous. I couldn't agree more. It seems uh, he excused himself rather hastily. But, uh, not that he couldn't have just been busy, but certainly certainly something we, we said sparked some interest. And it's a little surprising, and it makes you more curious because uh, you, you would know this, Remy, and uh, maybe Alicia, depending on how much you've been around, you know, your, your parents' business. Um, but Santos is really kind of a pillar of the, of the business uh, cluster of the French Quarter. He, um, you know, he, he sponsors a lot of, like, cleanup projects. He, um, he has uh, sometimes meetings with the local business owners in, in the coffee shop. Uh, just to talk about like revitalizing and um, even though he doesn't really pass judgment on, on your speakeasy business, he, um, you know, he does kind of try to, he does speak out about towing the balance between, uh, you know, the, the immorality and vice of the French quarter and wanting to uh, support non-vice driven business, you know, not, not enough to, uh, uh, not enough to, you know, rile up trouble with the Dice Brothers or anything like that. But, you know, he, he, is, he is a little bit outspoken on wanting to have a, a sustainable and, and you know, non-vice element of the French Quarter. So it would, be, it would be surprising then for him to be involved with something seedy or underbelly or occult. I mean, that would be out of character for him. As far as you, you would know. Right. Yeah. But, of course, he would also be quite, quite strongly opposed to anyone uh, in the prostitution uh, ring or in that, that manner. Uh, let us keep an open mind as far as Mr. Santos goes. Uh, there have been, of course, many very religious fanatics who have murdered those who they thought uh, overstepped their, their morality bounds. This is a city filled with sin, after all. Some that we all like to embrace. <laughs> oh, so shall we to Yolanda's pottery shop? Seems like the next logical place. Yep. This fine Monday. Sounds good. <clears throat> So Yolanda's Pottery Shop is in the Ninth Ward. So uh, on your way there, you could stop and drop off uh, a, a kidney apiece and all your life savings to pay off Mother Santiago for the uh, uh, promises of uh, rest, uh, restoration money that you uh, negotiated with her. But uh, yeah, so the um, so the Ninth Ward uh, uh, then as as now is a predominantly African American part of town. Um, uh, there's some Creoles that, that live there as well. And um, and there is a little hanging sign at, at the address that you have on the receipt uh, that says Yolanda's Pottery. Does it look like a regular old pottery barn or is it got a certain theme to it? Um, as you go in? Or like well, yeah, we're approaching it and it's 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 a very humble shop yeah it has so what, what you can see actually looking through the wit the front window is just pottery on shelves basically it, it seems pretty small um, you don't see anyone inside but there are uh, you know different like vases 
flower pots. Um, so statuary. Um, yeah, there's some different types of, of just statues. There's some animals. Um, it, it is very impressive pottery. Um, did we by chance, do we by chance have one of the statues with us or did we leave them at, um, uh, Alicia's place? Cause I know we took some out of the room with us. Yeah. You, you Someone said bring one along. We're going to head to, to my place. Um, can we say that since we were going to Yolanda's, we we're bringing one of the statues with us? Sure. To show her, help her identify it for us. I mean, my get, just as we're getting there, I don't see any reason why not to say uh, the gentleman who bought this ha was murdered and we're just following leads. Unless you guys want to do something else. Oh. Yeah, I guess the only concern would potentially be if, well, I maybe if she knew the purpose behind it, maybe she would hide it from us. But I mean, she'll she, these are pretty unique statues, so she would probably know exactly who she made them for. I'm hoping. Considering the ones that we have are the ones that didn't work. Right. Did did he purchase all five at once? Or yes. okay, yeah. And we're guessing that it's some sort of a fertility god. Um, so it's not like he bought one and found it didn't work, and then bought another one and found that one didn't work. Right. They were all the receipt. It was one receipt of all five of them. Um, so, anyways, we we go inside. Okay. As you go inside again, you you all notice once again that the, the pottery that's on the shelves it does look very impressive. Um, you, you don't see anyone but you do hear uh, some quiet voices from from kind of an, another room in the back okay. is there like a bell on the door no the jingles well i'm going to say loudly oh this would be perfect for mother oh he hello 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 hey good afternoon hello yeah, come on back. So let's start going back there. Okay. So you kind of walk past the counter where the cash register is and, and uh, just on a short hall. And there's actually a larger room that's open in the back. And, uh, and there's a, a pottery wheel with, um, there's a few pottery wheels uh, with women at them. And, and Yolanda's clearly like giving, she's at, at the front kind of clearly giving instruction. And she says, oh, hello, are you here to, to shop today? Uh, are you Miss Yolanda? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Miss Vega. Um, uh, if you don't mind, we have a few questions to ask about some of your work. Oh, well, just, uh, yeah, give me, uh, and she's kind of a, a very young, uh, maybe mid-twenties um, Creole woman, so mm -hmm. kind of, um, uh, kind of light, dark, light, lightly dark complexion um and uh she gets up from the pottery wheel and says just let me clean up and I'll, I'll i'll meet you back in front please take your time sure um so after a few minutes she she comes out just kind of drying her hands just uh hello how, how can 
not gonna, and then she, her eyes go to uh, who, who, whichever one of you are holding the statue and you don't need a psychology role to see she is surprised to see that. She says, oh, uh, how, how can I help you? And then she opens the door that goes into the back hall that you just came from. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we were wondering if you could shed some light on this here statue. Did you, uh, did you buy that from someone? Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mordecai Wheatley. Uh, you familiar with him? I, I, did, uh, I did some commissions for him. Uh, five of them, in fact. This is one of them. Yeah, yes. Could you tell us a little bit more about this statue? Uh, it seems like some sort of uh, fertility idol. Well, if you, uh, it was a, a, a private commission. That is, uh, it's not something I, that I'm uh, excited to discuss. That's a private business. Maybe I can interest you on, on something I have on the shelves here. Oh, well, we may very well be there. We're, um, Mr. Waitley has recently uh, passed away, I'm sorry to say. Passed away? Yes, and we are trying to put together some of the events that took place shortly before his, uh, his accident. No, I, I didn't have nothing to, nothing to do with nobody passing away. No, we didn't say that you did. We simply yeah, asked I, I, you about run a pottery story. shop. Just asking you about the statue. That's I'm not, not trying to get mixed up in nothing. I, got, I don't got nothing to say about it. Can I try to persuade her? Sure. Who are all of you? You, you, yeah. friend, you all friends of uh, Mr. Whaley? Well, I'm, my name is Remy Pascal. It's a pleasure to meet you, ma'am. I, uh, I actually run a small business of my own over here in the French Quarter. He, he's an acquaintance of all of us. And, uh, these are some of my friends, Miss Noble and uh, Alicia Martinez, and of course the fine detective John Jerry Sanderson, who's naturally leading this investigation. We just happen to be uh, associates of his that uh, assist in the, the investigative process. If you will. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved with the police. I don't want to. Oh, get no, involved don't with worry, the man. Don't, don't worry, John Jerry. Pleasure to meet you. Nobody dying. Um, I got a twenty-four out of forty. I'm not persuade. So once once you mentioned John Jerry and uh, you know she she gets uh, real nervous at this point. She says, "Well, what what do you want to know? I, I I'm not involved in this, whatever this well, is." You said these were commissions. Did uh, explain that to us? Did Mister Waitley ask you to create these for you, for him? Yes, uh, I. I I, I saw Mr. Waitley three times. Uh, once he, he came in this shop uh, asking for me, you know, I, I went to, uh, you know, I studied, I studied fine art at, at Newcomb. I got a, I got a master of fine arts. I'm not trying to get mixed up in no, in no kind of, no kind of criminal activity. You can, you can tell your art is, is quite beautiful. Your sculpture is beautiful. But they can, Newcomb does have a fine program. That's right next to Tulane. Uh, I'm professor at Tulane. <laughs> Oh, for real? For real. Uh, well, quite a, quite a crude you brought with you, detective. Um, I, I saw Mr. Waitley three times. The, the first time he came in here looking for uh, a potter who could make 
reproductions from photographs. And I told him that I could, um, that, uh, uh, and then he, he showed me some photographs and uh, I, I told him that uh, it would take some time. And he, he asked if he paid extra. Uh, he said that he would need, he would need them fast. And uh, he asked if I could rush to order if he paid extra. And I, I told him I could. Uh, and, and the second time is when uh, he came in with the photos, uh, more photos to uh, make a deposit. And then the third time is when he came in to pick up the five statues. And did he by chance uh, leave the photos with you? Hold on. And she walks back, um, goes back into the back and, and comes out a few minutes later and gives you some photos. Oh. So we look at the photos, I assume. All right. So if you guys pass around the photos, what you see is they're really, really grainy. Uh, you know, putting two together, uh, thinking that you know about where the, how these photos, you know, what these photos were taken on with that camera flask. What you actually see is photos, really grainy photos of of a statue that looks like just like the ones that were made, taken at all kinds of weird angles. Um, so it looks to be like sitting up on the top shelf of a of a bookcase, and so you got one that's like kind of angled up at the top of the bookcase, and and then from over here looking up, and, and from over here, um, and and so just you know about about seven photos that are taken at, at different lengths and from different all bad angles of of what appears to be that uh, that statue. Now, does the in the pictures do the bookcases look like they're in a shop, or do they look like they're in a private home? Uh, it's hard to tell because the angle is so so limited. You, know, you see, like that, like like the tops of books, and then a shelf, and then you know the the statue from different angles. Can we tell any of the book titles? No, it's not that clear. Or, or yeah, it's kind of, it's not that clear, and, and there's not enough shots of the books itself. But there's enough to tell that he seemed to be looking at the top of a bookcase. And the the material these are made from just common clay. They're they're ceramic with a with a, with a fine glaze, that, that, and then I, I aged them. You aged them. Uh, did he have any specific instructions other than? Having uh, only that they were to look as, as close as possible to, to the figure in these photographs. To what he showed you. And, and, that, and again, that he needed them done fast. Um, uh, he, seemed, uh, he seemed real excited. Um, I, I tried to ask some other questions because it all seemed kind of mysterious, but uh, he said he, had, he, he was paying for, for statues, not for questions. Uh, when he picked up the statues, he... He gave me the rest of the payment, and that's almost more than I make in a whole year. So did he, he didn't give you any indication as to what this figurine was? He just wanted you to keep quiet? Uh, he, he, he was just looking for somebody to make the figurines. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I tried to – it did spark my curiosity, and uh, I was curious of what the statues were for, but and again, he said that uh, he was paying well, and – no, was not looking for questions. Uh, the only other uh, question he had was when he picked up the statues. If 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 I knew the name of a good pawn shop, uh, 
and uh, and so I don't know was he gonna was he gonna pawn the statues? Did you did you find this one at a pawn shop? No, actually, we 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 found it uh, in his apartment, um, along with the others. Um, in, in any case, uh, uh, my friends, do we have any other questions? I don't believe. Yeah, so. I, I have a question. Um, you seem a bit nervous. Did, did anybody else come around asking questions about this? Uh, no, you, you're the first ones, um, but uh, if I'm nervous, it's because I, I, I'm not used to having dead customers at the police in my shop. I, I understand. I understand. Just trying to make sure nobody's like threatening you. Or There's no need to worry. Yeah. Oh, Miss Vega, just one final quick question. He asked about a pawn shop. Did you point him in a specific direction? Uh, well, I told him about uh, McAndrew's place over in Algiers Point, uh, the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, perfect. Uh, it's very much appreciated, and of course, we appreciate your time and your forthcoming honesty. Oh, oh okay then. You know what? I um, since since we spent some time here, and she answered our questions, I, I will pick up uh, a small, you know, clay pot or something nice to to set around the shop or something. Maybe like some incense burners or something. Oh. Uh, okay, that, that's. Uh, I made that one special. Miss Martinez has her own shop. She can start funneling uh, some people over to you. Yeah. What, yeah, what I'll, you? I'll, yeah, I'll pick this up. I'll I'll, I'll put it on display uh, on my counter. If somebody asks, I'll point them your your direction. Okay, that, that'll be uh, that'll be three dollars. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the three dollars. Oh. You know what? I'll pick up something before we late too, just so she doesn't feel too bad about. No better uh, a placement here, a detective here too. So, oh, you, you all are, are very generous. Well, thank you, ma'am. Just know that you can trust us anytime. Anytime you need anything, and 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 I tell her where my shop is, and I say, you know, anytime you want to, you know, come down or business is slow, you can go out to lunch or something like that. It's a good, nice little uh, coffee shop up the road. So, yeah, um, feel free to stop by. Okay. When I, and I hold out my hand for her to shake. And she'll, she'll hesitantly shake your hand and, and say, ladies, and I, we, do, we do pottery classes uh, every, every weekday. Okay. I, I, might, I might swing by for that. We are getting a loud fan sound from, from me. Yep. Is it from you? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's keep going. Um, so yeah, I don't think she knows anything. I think she just was commissioned to make these things for, but we know, we know two new things somewhere. There is a shop or there is a lot li private library with this statue, someplace where he took covert pictures of it with his flask. We also can guess that he commissioned these uh, statues before he went to the pawn shop. And that's where he got his money. Yeah, it would appear to make sense to continue to follow the trail. Uh, was it McCarran's pawn shop? The Philosopher's Stone. Isn't that that's where the receipt was from? I believe that's correct. We should have gotten dates from Miss Yolanda, but uh, 
Oh, that's fine. She told us he came in three times. All right. Certainly, certainly appears it all happened in very short order. Uh, yeah, but so it would seem that Mr. Waitley came here and commissioned these before he had the money. Certainly possible. Hmm. You also know he spent a lot of money at the at the Shadow Stacks. Well, you did say he was wealthy, right? He comes from a wealthy family, so money. No, I didn't say that. The the Waitley is not necessarily wealthy, but maybe. He certainly had gold coins worth seven hundred dollars. Mm. Maybe he dropped we, a lot of dropped a lot of money at the restaurant too, didn't he? That that one. That was afterwards. That was after oh. he had the seven hundred dollars in his pocket. Yeah. Um. Let's, maybe that was uh, just fishing for participants. In his evil occult satanic rituals, possibly. Hmm. I keep thinking that the prostitute was the prostitutes were the ones that he was going to use, and that somehow Satan appeared and said, "What the hell are you doing, calling me out of my darkness?" and uh, just killed them all. I'm just being silly at this point, but something's going on here. I want to get a look at these coins. Because they're what kind of coins are worth seven hundred dollars? What kind of pawn? Not kidding. What kind of pawn shop knows what coins are worth seven hundred dollars? I could see a, a master collector. What do they call us? Coin collector? Yeah. Numismatist. Seven hundred dollars. Is that what it is? I think so. Philatelist is a, is a stamp collector. I think so. Okay. Either that or I just said something dirty. I don't know. Somebody who collects porn. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I think you're right, though. You might be right. So can we head over to the pawn shop? That's across the river, isn't it? We're going to have to cross the Mississippi. Yep. You, could, uh, you could take the ferry. Uh, the ferry boat, which lets you off at Algiers Point. That's exactly where we want to go, that's Algiers Point. And uh, and you'll find the shop open. Ding! Hey, how, how you doing? Uh, doing really well. Um, Say, a friend of ours came in here a while back with some rare coins. You still have those coins? Uh, I don't know nothing about no coins. You don't know nothing about no coins, huh? You uh, shopping oh. for coins? I, I, and then he shows you like part of the display case um, that's got, you know, kind of like some, some conf- there's some uh, display case with some Confederate money and, and some different coins that are in like those capsules. Coin capsules. We got, got uh, uh, all kinds of collectors uh, running through. Well, these were five rare coins uh, for which you paid, I believe, uh, $700. Uh, about to uh, assume that this is a visit from the police? No, not at all. These are not uh, illegal coins or. Well, uh, what, what, what kind of business are you trying to do? Just come in here and start uh, questioning me in my own establishment. 
I'm a collector. So. My friend and colleague, uh, Mordecai Waitley, says that he left the coins here. I would like to see them and assess their value. Uh, well, uh, are, are the coins that we currently have in stock are what you see over here in the display case over in the coin department of the shop? You which mean is the, right the, here. <laughs> right next to the jewelry department, which is conveniently located right and, here. And none of these here are those coins. I don't see anything in here worth $1,000. Well, that, that'd be uh, some serious scratch. I don't know uh, any, any shops keep that kind of uh, cash on hand, even at uh, prestigious establishments such as this one. Okay. Do I have to do a psychology role to know if he's lying? Because I think he's lying. <laughs> well, I was going to come up and try to uh, actually stand beside you as well and kind of say to the guy, you better, well, you better tell us the truth for your own good. Well, consider how you rolled in. All together. I know I'm going to try and intimidate with, actually with you as well, as you're working on him for the truth. So, and, and he's just kind of like looking at this. What, what are the rest of you guys doing? You guys just all come and stand in line. I'm looking oh. at jewelry. Yeah, I'm looking around as well. While they're, you know, they're all looking, they're actually look for the coins or look for something else that might be suspicious. Uh, Good, good, uh, good morning, ladies. Sir, it's a fine shop you have. Yeah, please call me Duncan. What does Duncan look like? Um, kind of like he sounds. Like, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Duncan. Uh, he is. Uh, he's no Etienne Laurent de Marigny or Santos Hernandez. We'll say that. Oh, okay. When I when I hear Duncan, I think of uh, Duncan McLeod. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, he looks like a guy that would be uh, working at a pawn shop. Oh, okay. he's a potato person. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be nice. What kind of uh, jewelry are you looking for? Yeah, uh, maybe a maybe a maybe a wedding band or uh, for your fiance. Oh no, no, no. A wedding band. Something that would look good under stage lights. Stage lights? You are some kind of performer? Why, yes, sir, I am. Perhaps you've heard of me? Rose Noble, sir. Do tell. Uh, I've not heard of uh, of you, Miss Noble, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that I do now. Yes. And so, you are, Miss, who is your, uh, your lady companion? Martinez. Alicia. Martinez, how exotic. <laughs> so, so is there any, anything? So, like, I'll, I'll, I'll smile and, 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 you know, do a little flirting or whatever, but I'm looking at the jewelry case and, and the coin case. Do I see anything like that? Anything that we're looking for? Anything that might be out of place in a pawn shop like this? Now the place is really cluttered. It, it, it's not very nice, you know. It, there's just like kind of stuff all over. Um, you see, the jewelry you know, there's just 
obviously a long jewelry case. There are some coins in there, but nothing. I mean, if they had coins that valuable, you know, you, you don't know if they'd be on display anyway. Yeah, um, well, stuff like, like tools. Um, uh, like there's some like mink coats in there, and um, just a lot of just a lot of stuff. Okay. Anything looks like it might have been made just of coins. Guns. Any books? Any uh. Old, old books? Nah, not really. In a, it, books aren't really pawn-worthy, probably. Um, there's some guns. Hmm. What are uh, what, what are you doing, Remy? Yeah, I'm just kind of trying to sit back and take it in. It sounds like uh, sounds like the professor is trying to trying to work him in one angle John Jerry's trying to intimidate him and the girls are trying to flirt with him so <laughs> I think I think there's enough persuasion going on I'll kind of sit in the background and unless he addresses me specifically I'm just gonna kind of hang out yeah well what, what you observe then is is kind of Leon rolling in hot this guy like he doesn't want to jump into just answering questions and so divert his attention up, oh, you've you've broken up. We didn't hear any of that. How's that? Any, okay, any better? Yeah, you sound good. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 know you see Leon rolling hot, start asking questions. This guy clearly not just want to jump into answering question mode, and take any opportunity to divert his attention to Leon and John Jerry, who hasn't said anything yet, to uh, the two uh, the two ladies at the jewelry counter. Okay. I pull I out the receipt. And I say, according to this, you're not supposed to sell those until the 18th, the 21st. I do have the ticket. And I see the coins. What you got there? So I give him the receipt. The, the... He takes a look at it and says, I ain't never seen this before, detective. What do you mean you ain't never seen this before? It's got your name on it. That's not my signature. This uh, looks like uh, an, an impressive forgery, but a, but a, but a counterfeit nonetheless. Well, what did you call me? I'm not an officer. I'm a professor. I'm going to speak up and say, hey, we could either discuss this here, or if you want, you can close down shop. You can come down to the station, and we can continue to talk there. So I know I suggest you start speaking the truth here. So... I'll give you one last chance with my associate here. We're being, you know, forthcoming, easy to talk to you. So give you one last chance. Try and back that up with an intim intimidate rule. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Sorry. Okay. Oh, wow. Actually, 19 out of a 40. All right. So he, he, he thinks for a second and says, all right, let me take a look at that paper again. He looks at it and says, yeah, maybe, maybe this was me. Maybe that is my signature. It's for the Yankee, right? Yes. 
Yeah, well, we ain't got those uh, those coins no more. That this guy came in with a bat- whole bag of gold, like you found it at the end of the rainbow or something. Seven hundred dollars worth. A bag of gold. Yeah, real gold. Not not the kind of shit that normally tries to get passed off in shops like these. Do you have any of this gold still? No, nah, I told him how long we would hold it for, and he said, don't bother. Uh, he wouldn't be coming back. He said this, he had to... This gentleman bought all five of those coins. Could you tell us at least what the coins looked like? Well, they were real strange. Uh, they were definitely made of gold, but ain't no... Uh, uh, ain't, ain't no kind of, kind of designs on them like I ever seen before. At first, we thought they was colonial, but uh, upon further inspection, they seemed to be from some country that uh, you know our experts could identify. What size were they? How big were they? They were they were different sizes. They're regular, like. Uh, that's a shame. Anything unusual about this gentleman? Yeah, he had a bag of gold. Well, certainly, but uh, anything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, he had had uh, had dark hair. He had uh, a thick Yankee accent. Said he he had a date with a a special girl. I see. And that that date was that evening? I don't know. Understood. Did he... uh sign his name on any receipt or anything like that? I would really like to find him. Uh, we try to keep a lot of the uh, the business like this on uh, of this magnitude discreet, if you know what I mean. I, I understand. Did he, did he purchase anything else while he was here? Or ask for any specific directions? Maybe a place to go? A recommendation around town? Anything like that? Nah, he just seemed like he was hot to get rid of this gold. Maybe uh, I, I go in theory is perhaps it was stolen from wherever he comes from up north. Uh, got on the road far enough to get away from wherever it is he's from and then uh, get rid of the, of the merchandise, if you know what I mean. What? Uh... But everything we do here is on the up and up. This was perfectly legal. I do uh, feel the need to say here, detectives. Was it? Uh, this receipt says that you should be holding this until the 21st. You shouldn't be selling, selling man's property. Until... Right, he said that he, he uh, made it clear that he wouldn't be coming back. It's well, what if he came back. All right, well. Well, he, clearly he didn't. I look around at everybody else. I don't see that there's anything else we can do here. Uh, except maybe one more question, if you don't mind asking. Nobody's in trouble here. What made you pay $700 for these five coins? How did you assess them? Uh, well, the, the, uh, the owners uh, and the owner's friends uh, had a chance to inspect the coins. They uh, melted them down. Work with a jeweler, melt them down, turn it around to a whole lot more jewelry. 
and that they assess that it will be at least five or seven hundred dollars worth of gold huh? uh, well once they melt it down uh gold plate some jewelry uh spread it all around the city uh, they'll make a whole lot more than that back well i think you've probably done very well for yourself because by our suspicions were that uh, Mr. Waitley was pulling the wool over your eyes. I uh, I was hoping to get a good look at the coins and decide whether I thought they were real or not, but I thought it was highly unlikely. In any case, thank you for your work. Uh, thank you for at least explaining some of that to us, and we will uh, we will be on our way. One more thing, though. Mr. Duncan. Yes, ma'am. Have you ever been to the Shadow Stacks? The what? The Shadow Stacks. The Shadow Sticks. Stacks. Dear. Stacks. Uh, no, I, I don't know what that is. Oh, my mistake. Is that my maybe mistake. uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe where you work in the evenings? No, 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 no. It's something I heard on the street. I thought you might know. But thank you anyway. It sounds enticing. If you find out, let me know. Oh, I will. I surely will. Ta. Ciao. So, Miss Rose, you gave me an interesting idea. You are a collector of fine books. You have an, uh, an interest very much so. What if you were to go to some of the local bookshops and ask about some of these rare books that you uh, you are trying to find? At which point, because uh, I keep wondering how this Shadow Stacks finds out, since since they have to call you, you, you get where I'm going? If you start putting the word out that you're looking for certain books, once one of them hears, they might contact you. Well, I just threw out one handy fishing line. I don't see why I couldn't throw out another. Well, maybe. I'm not sure that a pawn shop has anything to do with books at all. But uh, They deal with people desperate to get money and to get rid of money. Yeah, people who have the books that you were looking for have money. Lots of it. Um, but it's just a suggestion, a way to attract we need to attract their attention i agree we do if so we all, if we hit all the bookstores and we put out some inquiries somebody's bound to uh to pick we're going fishing you know what i mean yes sir i do where do we go from here we're at the pawn shop we finish with the pawn shop Somebody collected those coins and paid for it with gold. That's strange. Strange. Maybe another Waitley. Yeah, what, uh, what additional leads do we have at this point? I, certainly the photographer is still... We could go to, yeah. We could check with local photographers. I don't know how many there are. Try to go I, can go, I, I can go with Rose um, to, to uh, look for the books. And there's always the opportunity to recon, reconvene with... Inspector Lagrasse. Not sure what. And you've you've got the photos, like she, uh, Yolanda gave you the photos. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. We assume the 
the photos that we have were taken with the camera covertly. So we're not looking for porn anymore. Um, no, we are looking for a bookshelf with something on it. Right. So we don't need... We don't I can't need, help but wonder if that was the shadow stacks. Right. And that would make sense that he got access and then... What was the date on the shadow stacks receipt? Was it earlier than the other ones or later? I don't think there was one. Okay. It was, and it didn't have an address either. Okay. Well, wait, it would, wouldn't have had to be after because he had the coins after. He had to then. buy them. Yeah, he had to buy it. So we've got, we've got a bit of a rudimentary sort of, he, he came into town. He commissioned the statues. He commissioned the, okay. He came into town. He used his camera take some pictures he saw what he wanted he got the commission lady the, the pottery lady to create them he then took the five coins to the pawn shop and sold them and with the money he purchased the two books and the painting and spread it around spread it spread it around a little at the coffee shop he then went and somehow ended up with a prostitute and was killed. Does that make sense so far? He came into town. He went to the Viridian and got a hotel room. Got a room first. He had some money because he traveled across the country to get here. So we're missing... The individual who purchased the coins with the gold. The no, the 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 coins that you're referring to were the was the gold. Oh, there were there were gold coins, coins yeah, that were, were made out of solid gold. There were five solid gold coins that were purchased by a man with dark hair, with gold. Is that what you told no, us? They were the ones that aren't the were the coins sold to the pawn shop. No, Watley had the coins. Watley had the coins. He, he took them to the pawn shop and he got $700 for them. And but then, then the, the pawn guy just told us that somebody came in and purchased the coins with mm -hmm. the gold. That's what we thought you were saying. Oh, yeah, I missed that. So where are the coins? I thought he said that somebody bought them. Now, he's we, we saying that he never come down... Okay, we've we've somehow the person he, the person he said came in with the bag of gold was Watley. That was the gold coins that and they bought. Up the gold his, coins. His, uh, his managers noted them down, right? That's how they were able to find out the, the actual worth of the coins. Right. So the coins are no longer in existence. Oh, so they melted the coins. That's why the coins are no longer around, not because somebody else bought them. Right. Right. Oh, okay. okay. I misunderstood that right. too. I did. Yeah. I did too. I thought there was somebody else who came in and yeah. snatched up the coins. Yeah, for sure. He said because they melted them for jewelry and stuff like that. They. I thought he said money. they were going to do that, but they didn't. Okay. But then he All said right. somebody came in with a bag full of coins, and I'm imagining a big thing like this. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, if it was a bag full of coins, it had to be more than just five, right? Well, that's what I was thinking. That's why. All right. So we, we screwed up, but now we're back on track. Okay. So. 
Now to recap again. Uh, Whitley came into town with gold from his family, probably from the dirty pirates that his whole family is. And they, he took the to the he took first he went to have the commissioned statue. Okay, so therefore first he took pictures of the statue. Then he went to Yolanda's, commissioned them. Then he pawned the coins. Then he bought the books and the painting and spread the money around at the coffee shop. Then he was murdered with the prostitute. Okay. The, the thing you know that you're leaving out of the timeline is also picking up picking up the uh, the statues. Right, right. Yeah, at some point he picked them up, took them back to his hotel room, and chose the one that was going to work for him. Now, a man with that kind of cash in his pocket, all that, just having that much money in your pocket and spending it and throwing it around is going to attract thieves' attentions, too. That's kind of why I was saying, how well do you know this Santos? Rich guy comes in, starts buying everybody food and beverage, maybe. And then Santos claims to be to have not only seen the body, but the, the, the so-called paw prints. Could Santos have been the murderer? Whacked him over the head for the money. Did he have any cash in his pocket when he was found? Uh, we did go to the morgue. Interesting question. So, so I'm trying to remember. So he had breakfast with Santos, right? Where he spent or seen him, seen him in that cafe. Well, you, you know that he was. You would know that he was frequenting the cafe, right? Yeah, right. we had the receipts, and, and then when he had and, the money, he started buying everybody in the shop. Yeah, so he was so he was flush with cash, right? right. Um, so you know that he was. You don't know if he was having breakfast with Santos, but he was a patron at Santos' shop. That's where he was. It seemed to be where he was having his his morning coffee every day. And we found two receipts. There may have been more. We just only found two. But um, Santos would have known that he had money. Santos said that he saw the body and he saw the, the, the cat print. And uh, well, everybody knows about the murder, obviously, because it happened right, right, right down from there. Because keep in mind that the murder occurred right outside of, right, or that the, the attack happened right outside in the alley next to the shadow or Denver, the uh, the, the brew, the the, the right. Denver Brews Coffee House, which is also where Santos presumably lives. So right. we. So we still aren't 100 percent sure who took all the photos and developed them, um, and we still think that Santos is potentially holding back some information. So he, I think he's involved somehow. Yeah. Oh, uh, the photos. Do they have some kind of maker's mark on them? No. Because um, I know, like, when you take Kodaks, they'll have Kodak on the back of them. I don't know that they did any of that yet. Yeah. I mean, I guess if they if they would have, then kind of insignia. They, they would. Um, I mean, you know, probably what the what camera was used to take the photos, right? Well, we've got it. Yeah, the flash camera. Well, we assume. Um, you assume. Well, certainly, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, a developer back in those days would have seen the photo that was um, that that came as a result of the development, right? Unless oh, he well, somehow developed them themselves. So we could look at them; they just look like a blurry picture of a statue, right? So, but I, yeah, I don't know. Even if we found the photographer, how much would that give us realistically? We've seen any more than we saw, right? I mean, the sh- both the shop owner and the pawn shop, or the the vase owner and the pawn shop owner um, didn't have many details. He wasn't sharing much. So, is there anybody got photography? Is there anyone that we could uh, check with to see if they could identify the statue, like some historian at the university or, or anthropologist, anthropologist maybe, or, or even and this sounds a little bit crude, but but hunt down the the brothel or you know the where he he got the girl from well we know the street we know where they are we think they were just street walkers oh he was flashing money around i mean nobody follows money like a prostitute and we know know you guys picked up on this we we were kind of going through and i apologize if there was confusion about the sequence of events that came out of the conversation at the pawn shop um uh, at some point there I, i i did mention that he said that he uh, when he uh, had asked him what the money, why, you know, what all the money was for, he, he said, "I got a date with a special girl." Yeah, right. date. Yeah, yeah. So, now, there definitely ain't no seven hundred dollar prostitutes in the French Quarter. No. You never know. A special girl might be statue number five, or or it could legitimately be. Uh, as Rose had pointed out earlier, someone, somebody else as part of his cult or somebody was trying to impress or needed for his ritual. Or... I mean, he's flashing money around. Who does he attract to him? A prostitute yep. and a starving poet. He had breakfast with somebody. He bought a bunch of people food. That had to attract some attention. Well, let's go back once again to the situation. We had four people, two men, two women. Mordecai was one of them. And they were all killed, and he was either crawled or dragged down the street where he was inviscerated. And so was he together with the other three when they were attacked? And so if it was like one of the, if it was like a pimp, then why would he kill the prostitutes? That doesn't make any sense. So, so maybe the key is more around those other folks. I mean, we know two of them were streetwalkers, but what about the the guy? What were the details surrounding the other gentleman? Andrew McDonald was just kind of a a local bohemian poet. I think right. Rose uh, m- might have like known him or seen him. I, I'd heard of him at the very least. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I think maybe we should at least talk to Legrasse and tell him what we found so far. Maybe he'll have some insight. What do you think? Yeah. We don't have much else to go on right now. So. Well, the only thing I can think of is that statue. If we can identify what statue, let's say we, like you mentioned, the anthropology professor at Tulane. If he if he looks at it and he says, Oh yeah, that's a ancient Syrian statue. 
And then hopefully he says, my cousin Bruce has one on the top shelf of his. <laughs> you know? well, yeah, let's know exactly where to go. Yeah, let's go back to Lagrasse. I'm going to go to Lagrasse. See if we can, uh, the John Jerry, can you get a hold of him? Yeah, definitely. So let's say, uh, let's say if you you can you can if you call you know find a phone, call him. Uh, mm -hmm. He'll tell you to come over. He'll give you his address. Okay, so we'll go over. I don't think we've been at his house before. Have, no. Oh, Inspector Lagrasse. Yeah, it, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty modest house. Um, he uh, uh, there's a a woman who answers the door who uh, you know introduces herself as Mrs. Lagrasse, and then uh, she says, oh, I'll, "I'll bring some I'll bring some coffee," and then he'll he'll bring you all into um, you know shake your hands and bring you into kind of his office. So once we sit down with him, we basically go over everything that we've we found and we're not sure we've got a lot of cold leads. we're not sure what do you so how do you want to you know i guess you'll just reset trace the sequence of events just like you laid it out right yeah i don't want to have to go over the whole thing again yeah. for the sake of the show but yeah we basically tell him all all of our suspicions and, and everything and but uh we we come to a lot of dead ends or at least ends that we have no idea does he know anything about the Santos Hernandez? Has he ever been in trouble with the law before? Or, well, Santos is um, you know a big part of French Quarter business. Um, from what you, from, now as you're going through everything, and you also have the statue with you. Sure. And do you have um, do you have the books, or did you tell him about the books? Or? Uh, we didn't bring the books, I don't think. We wouldn't be walking around with those in our hands. But we, we'll, we, of course, told him about them, yeah. So he's definitely very interested to, to the hear... Photographs, the photographs as well. And the photos. Um, he's definitely very interested to hear everything you have to say. Um, he he's actually takes out a notebook and starts taking notes so you can kind of see his detective wheels turning. Um, John Jerry, you still have, like, a little bit of uh, celebrity uh, admiration for this guy. Uh, and... Uh, you know, when you, when you mention the books, he, um, you know, he thinks for a second, he says, uh, you know, books like that are very dangerous. Um, um, you know, the, the, the work of the, of the Green Crescent oftentimes encounters books like these, and it's important that they're, that they're cataloged and that they're understood. But you have to be cautious about reading you know, actually sitting down and trying to fully comprehend them because it just takes you down, down a, a, a dark road, basically. Um, he asks if you have the books with you and, and you say you don't. Then he inspects the statue for a while and he, and he says, this is the, the replica? Yes. And we have so, photographs of the original, I suppose. But we don't know from that where they're from. And there's a fifth one that we don't know where it is. Fifth one is the one that's missing. Yeah, and he, you know, he, he examines the statue for a while and says it's very interesting, and um, and, and asks if if you um, wouldn't mind to to leave it with him. Sure. Um, we have he'll actually. 
he'll actually show you some photos. Like he'll, he'll unlock his, he has a, a key on him and he unlocks his desk drawer and he, he'll actually show you some photos. He has like a photo book and um, you know, there's pictures of um, just old timey pictures. Cause these are from about 20 years ago of um, some of the people that they arrested and some of the scene of the, the crime essentially out at the, uh, in the swamps where they had their big bust. Um, there is actually a, um, a picture of, of what he calls the Cthulhu idol. idol. Uh, which is just terrifying to look at, even even in a blurry photo. Um, he he says, uh, "What's your what's your theory on Hernandez?" I don't know. Just something about him make me feel like he was involved in some in somehow some way. It's hard to say. He's been quite the pillar of the community for a long time, and it just seems all too to coincidence that this Waitley was spending so much time around him in his shop and he wouldn't know more, be more forthcoming. His he behavior seemed, was kind of strange. He seemed uh, very anti-Clice. Well, it would be quite a coincidence that uh, all the, the deaths occurred right outside of his business and home. It, it, it seemed like... Uh, like he was very anti-vice, and there were prost- these were prostitutes. Waitley may have just been visiting a prostitute, and he seemed to have said that, said that he seen the saw the body, seen it first, that uh, he saw the the lion tracks, mountain lion or whatever you call them, cougar. Is it is it possible that anybody else close to Santiago would? would be able to answer more about you know his relationship with Waitley or if he knew him or if they saw him together or an, another shop employee or something of that nature anything we know mm-hmm. like that uh, perhaps um, maybe you should uh, maybe keep an eye on on Hernandez uh, check out the, the shop see, see who's, who's coming and going that's probably a good idea that is a good idea um and have you ever heard of a place you know, called the the Shadow Stacks? The Shadow Stacks. There's a. Uh, that's the place where the the books came from. The books and the painting. Um, there's a. There's been talk of, of a of a secret establishment in in the French Quarter that that trucks in. Uh, the types of things that our group takes interest in. So far, no one has been able to uh, verify the rumor. Maybe, maybe the shadow stacks is it. We're trying to find a way to get us get ourselves invited. It, it could be a uh, a very valuable resource if they have more of these kind of books, like the ones you've already procured. Is there a way we can get into? Should we bring Mister um, uh, Leon de Marigny in on this? Uh, uh, Monsieur de Marigny is presently, uh, shall we say, uh, involved in his own investigations. Well, we'll continue to do as best we can. Okay, so I think. Uh... I think 
I, I want to take Lagrasse's advice and, and stake out um, Santos. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. See what who comes and who goes. So what's that? Well, uh, Lagrasse says, uh, you know, keep me, keep me informed. He says, uh, you know, call, call first before you ever uh, drop by. Mrs. Uh, 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 Lagrasse can uh, be sensitive to too many strange visitors, if you know what I mean. Of course. Okay. So well, I guess we leave. What's your game plan? Well, describe, you know, we, we know where the, the Denadoc Bruise is. What's around it? Place where we could hang out. Keep yeah, it's, it, it's on Bourbon Street. So there's, uh, you know, a number of uh, speak, speakeasies. There's, um, you know, restaurants. There's, um, you know, some, some shops. Uh, there's like touristy voodoo shops. There's, you know, shops like Miss Martinez, the shop. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bourbon Street's pr- pretty lively. There's a lot of, a lot of carousing and drinking that, that goes on there. Um, but it's also residential. Once And, and the, the brew is kind of at, at one far end of the French Quarter. Down Bourbon Street one way is more vicey. Once you get down the other end, it actually turns into houses and is residential when you get closer to, to the Marigny, like where you go across Esplanade Avenue and where the Boisseaux live and everything kind of entering. It's, so it's closer to the Marigny side of the French Quarter. Um, the brew is kind of right in the middle. It, it's not quite in the residential area. It's not quite like the super heavy, um, you know, debauchery side. It's kind of It's kind of somewhere in the middle. Is there a place across the street? This is a long shot. A place across the street where we could rent a room and sit with binoculars in the shadows, just peeking out through the things and see right into his shop. Um, uh, there's no, uh, there's no like boarding house across the street or anything like that. Uh, across the street, there's a, there's a restaurant. Um, all right. You could table at the restaurant. You could hang out in your car overnight. You could not not really a place to like set up an Ocean's Eleven style surveillance office. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try the restaurant. Just hang out and and maybe spend a couple hours there and just kind of casually take notes and. Pretend to work on a crossword puzzle, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you do for eight hours in a restaurant. Well, we could also hide in a car and put towels up as if we were not there and just, you know, let people think, well, you know, it's got towels in his car to keep the sun out, but we leave a little peek through so that we could watch. Um, we could split up too. I mean, we can, right. We get some. Some of us can go to the restaurant. Some of us can do the car. Um, and Alicia, you and I can go around to different bookstores and throw up fishing yeah. lines. That and and like uh, pretend to do some window shopping, stuff like that. Um, but stay in the, in the general area. And if we do see him leave, we can 
sort of tail him, but, you know, sort of in a mild way, whereas, like, we're just having a walk about town. And if he does recognize us, we can do the flirt thing and see, you know, get a bit of information that way, maybe even take him out. Hmm. If there was a way to at the restaurant. To, as if there was a way to get into his upstairs without uh, him knowing about it. Well, if we... If we take him out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, then that leaves room for you guys to Sneak in. Yeah. He seemed to keep it pretty well locked up, though. Well, we'd have to, we'd have to climb up the outside, get up there. Uh, around daylight? Oh, in the middle of the night. Well, yeah, I was going to say. And wait a minute. We're not taking him out to dinner in the middle of the night. Well, he's a man who doesn't, doesn't go in for much vice, so sure. I have a little trouble there. Mm, true. Hmm. Well, let's try it tonight. Let's stake the place out. Let's see what we can see. Keep our heads low. Change our clothes. Put on some. And if he decides to go, go out, we can follow him, follow him, and see where he's going. Put on something dark. Stand in oh. the shadows. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the brew closes at, at 6 o'clock. That early? Well. Wow. In the restaurant or um, in the coffee shop. Uh, you broke it there for a second. Okay. Um, so you see people coming and going, just customers out of the coffee shop, people coming out with, um, you know, with, with coffee cups that are just like hanging out in front of the place and um, – there's like uh, somebody that, that you see walk in with a with a about five o'clock that walks in with a violin. Um, but but Rose and Alicia, maybe Remy, you would know that there's like performers typically in the five o'clock hour before the place closes down that do poetry or music or whatever bohemian stuff. Um, at you know Remy, if you're across the street at uh, right about six o'clock, you would see San- you would see Santos come to the door. He's you know shaking hands with a couple of people who were leaving and, and and smiling and and you know thanking people for coming in. And then um, uh, the door closes and uh, he uh, he kind of like looks out the window and then he drops the blinds on the front door, flips the sign around to say closed. Um, and now the the shop is closed. Um, shortly after that, see the lights go on upstairs. Uh, once it gets once it gets dark, you would see the lights go on upstairs, um, which is probably a couple hours later. Um, the restaurant will that you're in is open late, probably to about eleven o'clock, and what you see. Um, around 11 o'clock as the place that you are in is starting to close is actually the door opens again and you see a very large uh, African-American man. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest guys you've ever seen. He's well over six feet tall. Uh, it kind of looks like Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. He's got like shaved head um, and is just wearing like an impeccable suit. 
but but really really big. So he he comes and he opens the door, and he kind of like looks around, and then you he see this uh, in, in Santos's shop. Yeah. So he opens the door and looks out and looks around mm-hmm. and goes back in. Yep. Where'd he come from? And now we're at, um, you know, a little after 11 p.m. Okay. And, and all he did was kind of peek out the door, look around, and then close. Yeah. All right. I think that it's now it's, it's probably fairly dark on the street. Fairly dark on the street. Yeah, there's um, there's some foot traffic, you know, kind of like sailors or just the, the typical like speakeasy night crowd that are that are walking around carousing. Um, this is, like I said, not quite the, the super raucous side of Bourbon Street and, and not the residential where things would be pretty quiet, but there's like a little bit of foot traffic um, and, uh, you know, cor- again, carousing for lack of a better term. Is there a uh, back alley that heads behind Santos' shop? Well, there was the alley where the batter- where the bodies were found. Right, right. Um, Presumably, that would go to the, the next street over. The way that the the way that the blocks are set up in the French Quarter are, um, you've got like these buildings that have kind of the businesses on the bottom floor, it, kind of European style. A lot of times, residences are up above them, and then in the middle of the block, there's a courtyard that you can't really see from the street unless there's like an open, like a wrought iron gate or something like that. You might see into the middle of the, the property and there might be a courtyard with a fountain. It's, you know, it's all very European as far as the, the layout and architecture goes. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm sort of trying to find a, a back way in or a back window or something I can look in. Um, a way we so can buy on what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, if you're looking down the alley in particular, um, you, you would look like the alley would go to the next street behind Bourbon Street. Um, there are... There are windows, and one thing you notice that you didn't notice before, um, now that you're kind of scrutinizing it, is the windows that are in Santos's place are actually blacked out. The side windows that would look in, into the alley. Hmm. How very interesting. It's odd. Um, well, I guess at this point, so are we all together? Uh, I know. And and also the the um, the windows are, are are closed. A lot of the upstairs windows would be um, typically open just to because it's so hot to let to let breeze through. But you see that the windows are closed and they're they're painted black. And I got a question. Uh, are they well? Can I can I tell from here? Are they painted black on the outside? Can't tell because I suppose you could go up there very quietly and scratch off a little of the paint and peek through. Well, you, you just see that there's no um, there's no light coming through them, really. Um, if you're looking from the uh, from the street side, you know, there's, you see maybe uh, light that's might be coming through the window, even though there's curtains you can't really see inside. And if you're looking up to the second floor, on the there- side, there's windows on the second floor. Not, you're, you're not, there's no fire escape. You can't peek through it. Um, you can't see it, but you notice there's no light at all coming through it, so it would appear to be blacked out in some fashion. Are there any windows within reach on the first floor that I could, you know, maybe just pry open a bit? I, I guess what I'm asking is, are they in reach if I wanted to do that? Not from the alley, no. Okay. The, 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 well, the only windows that would be 
that you would see on the first floor would look into the coffee shop. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to get much out of that. Now, are you guys lurking around the alley at this point? Trying to look yeah. looking at that stuff? We're moving in that direction. Uh, trying to yeah. figure out, we're trying to figure out some way we can find out what's going on in there without a Can we break into the coffee shop? Now, as you guys are, are in the alley, you actually see there's um, a few people that walk up kind of from the block over. Yeah, we pretend like they're in, they're in suits. And they knock on the on the coffee shop door. You hear the door. Now as you as as they walk by, they're in suits. You can you know, you're positioned in the alley on the side of the building, so you would be able to see that they or, or hear that they're knocking on that door. What do you guys do? Well, if they see uh if we see them and they see us, we just pretend like we're partiers that are kind of giggling to ourselves. But okay. once they've passed us, yeah, we kind of peek around to see where they're going. You you hear the you can hear the door of the coffee shop open. You hear some you hear some voices and then you hear the door close. I look at the others, I'm like, they having like a church meeting? It's um were we able to make out what was said? Not at this point because it, it was so unexpected, and and you guys kind of went into like a mode of like, oh, we're we're just back here, maybe throwing up because we're drunk. Okay. Uh, no, no. Uh... At this point, it's about eleven thirty p.m. Okay, it's late, late for church service. Church uh, service. Were these? Uh, so was there anything uh, unusual? Well, you said they were in suits, so they were men. Uh, there was, there was, it appeared to be three men. Now again, it was kind of sudden. It what you know, you're not, it's right, not super right. well lit, but you, you could tell that it was, you know, about three people they said that were well dressed. Should we like did, spread did out? Did they look like they were trying to conceal themselves as they were going in, like, or did they just walk up? Um, Kind of like they own the place. Well, it's kind of yeah. Like, did they have their collars, you know, flipped up and seem kind of shady, or did they just seem normal? Uh, make a spot hidden roll. We'll do a, a retroactive spot hidden. Okay. Sorry. Uh, give me one second. Uh, my 45 is good. I got a 21. 21 out of 65. So that is a hard. Okay. So here, here's what I'll tell you. Um, now, you guys are, are just kind of like, like kind of sort of like searching the alley in a way to see if there's any like point of ingress, right? It wouldn't be super uncommon to see people walking by because it, it's not a deserted part of the street. Um, but then what caught your attention is like, oh, these people are, are here. And that happened when you heard a knock on the door. So from what you observed, they didn't seem to be like skulking. You know, they seem to be like well-dressed. Um, but you, you, since you're in the alley, you might not have had a, a very clear view okay. of the front door. Okay. If, if you had been like still across the street, like looking directly across, he would have had a better view, but um, they seem to be not sneaking, you know, like just 
Right. They were just going. Interest. They were going somewhere. Yeah. Um, they were going to the coffee shop. Um, let's. Uh, well, I for one. Why don't we? Why don't we try our luck with the knocking? Go oh, up and I knock on the door. That's a good idea at all. Yeah. What, business what are they going to do? Kill us on the spot? Possibly. And here you go first. Sum up, summon up the ghosts of uh, Christmas past to destroy us all. San Santos knows me, so that would burn any line of further inquiry. I mean, he would he'd be on to us at that. Yeah, point. I don't. Yeah, I don't think knocking knocking at the door. Um. We need to find a way to peek in there and see what's going on. Uh, why don't we? Uh, we're, we're so many of us. Somebody the question, the position the question is: um, Is the now is the coffee shop now lit? Like, did they turn on the lights there, or does, is it still you know dark and as if it's closed? Yeah, because uh, when when you saw Santos close shop, he dropped the blinds. But we should still see some sort of light peeking through through the blinds. We do. I would think. It, it's not. It's not all lit up. Okay. So there might be. A, there's a, there's a, a little bit of light, but it's not all lit up like it's like it's open for business. Somebody, right? right. I, I was just wondering if they were down in the um, the diner itself, or did they go into a back room, or maybe upstairs? Because if it's if they're if they're in the coffee shop, perhaps there's a way that we can listen, maybe get a can or a cup or something like that and put it up to the door and And none of in. us none of us locals recognize the, the 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 very large man at the door, right? I mean he would have been pretty unmistakable, so we've never seen him before around right. town. Justin yeah, means he's never would remember this guy for sure. Yeah. Some one of us needs to position himself so that if somebody else arrives and they open the door, you'll be able to see from across the street into the door. You know what I mean? Yes, it opens. I thought we were in the alley behind the coffee shop. We are. Somebody needs to reposition themselves. Oh, okay. I'll you're, do it. You're on the side of the coffee shop. Well, you guys continue searching, and I'm going to go stand across the street in the shadows. But in, in such a place where when the door opens, I'm looking right into the, the door. So I can see if there's like a gathering of people in there or candles lit or something like that. So we're just going to kind of wait it out and see if anybody else shows up? Well, let's see if you can find a way to peek in. Okay. I guess I'll keep Case in the building on the outside and see if there's... Can you go all the way around the building, or do you end up going down an alley and you got to go all the way to the end to come back? I was going to say, can one of us go one way, one of us go the other way, sort of thing? Yeah, so there's, um, there's, you know, pretty much, I mean, you can pretty much get a, a panorama of the, of the street. There's nothing stopping you. Um, you know, if you wanted to kind of spread out, I mean. Okay, so we're kind of spreading out. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be like uh, uncommon just to, you know, I mean, there's people passed out 
sleeping on the street at different points on Bourbon Street. So, um, you know, it's not like super conspicuous. Um, but uh, so you do that, it, it takes a while. I would say it's probably like an, an hour later, um, you actually see a limousine pull up to the front of the place. And that, you know, it's a 1920s limousine. So if you imagine like what cars look like in the 20s, just a longer version of that. Right. So I'm, I'm right across the street in the shadows. Kurt is doing his terrifying stealth roll faceless look. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you, uh, you, you, you went gone for a while. Okay. So limousine. Yeah. No, yep. we heard that. I'm across the street watching. What do I see? Why don't you uh, make a stealth roll? Let's see if you are able to remain unseen. What is my stealth? It's probably not very good. It's not very good. I got an 09 out Ooh. of 20. Wow, okay. I'm, so, I'm standing in the shoulders with my hat down. And, yeah, you're Batman at this point. Um, so the driver gets out of the a driver gets out of the limousine, opens up the side door, and a couple get out—a man and a woman—and they are dressed just to the nines. Um, and more interestingly, they've got on like uh, masks, like um, Venetian carnival masks, not like it's like kind of carnival masks, like uh, in the picture. They are um, they're dressed all in, in like very nice black. Like she's got on like a like a ball gown almost, like a kind of, like a, I guess, a cocktail dress or something like that. Uh, and they're both wearing like kind of, they're not, it's not like in the picture, it's not really like, um, uh, it's like an animal mask, like which was in the picture, it's it's more stylized, like you see on a, like a rich person's masquerade or something like okay. that. Um, so they go around, um, the, the, the car pulls off as they walk up to the door, they knock, um, you see the man open the door that you saw earlier, there's an exchange of words, and they walk in. Now make a, a listen roll, and you would it, would it would need to be a hard roll. Give it a shot. Me or everybody? Uh, is anybody close enough to where you could actually hear what just happened with a? Uh, if you're, if you're a block I'm away. Kind of hanging around on a street corner, just smoking, just looking sultry. I got a triple zero, so I didn't However, did I see in the I got the a door when it opened? 40 out of 83. So I'm, that's a hard for me. You were standing on the corner smoking? Yeah, just, right, so just looking sultry and the... sexy like you do in, in Bourbon Street. Okay. So we, we could say that you were kind of in the, on the other side of the alley standing there smoking maybe posturing as a as a lady of the night maybe it's you know as a, a reason that you were on the corner um what you actually hear and and leon when the door opens you do see a little bit of light that comes out you reckon it, it is dark the lights are not on there are some candles lit um and you recognize the man the, you know the, the the large man who you saw come to the door earlier um he opens the door. Uh, Rose, you hear one word spoken. Arsenic. Arsenic. And they, and they walk into the door. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. 
So I wonder if we should all fit ourselves up with some masks. Dangerous game if it's a club and they know the members. Well, what do we do that's not dangerous? It is Smoking? dangerous. <laughs> we will be able to get information that way, but you're right. We just like are you are you guys kind of regrouping? Are you all still watching? We're all still watching. We're musing to ourselves, I think. Okay. Um, a, a little while later, another man comes in the door. This time, this guy is kind of dressed uh, more, much more plain. He is not in a suit. He does not have a mask on. He knocks. Same thing happens. Guy opens the door. Um, exchange of words. He goes in. Do I hear this no. one too, or do we need to make another? You make another listen roll again. It would have to be a hard roll. Of course, now she. Yeah, thirty. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You hear the same. Arsenic. Yep. This time you actually hear. Whereas uh, before, the people just said it. This time, um, the guy, the guy said, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm here to buy," and um, the guy said, "What's the word?" And this time he said, "Arsenic." He, went in. He, he was not wearing a mask. A little while later, the first three people that you saw go in come out. Um, uh, two of them are holding a uh, shopping bag, like a, like a, like a, a bag. And uh, each of them have a bag. There, it's, it is, you can notice again, it is three men in suits. Uh, they are not wearing masks. Hmm. At this point, it's pushing 1 a.m. Do we okay. recognize any of them? Uh, make a spot hidden. It is. It is pretty dark at this point. There's not a whole lot of street light. I don't think that's a pass on the right. No, it's not a pass. It's too dark. Yeah, faceless men. So I'm thinking we should regroup because we know things now. Um. I think we need to wait until every all the activity seems to stop. You know what I mean? Otherwise, well. Well, I mean, we can at least pass the word amongst ourselves. The word is arsenic. He had a symbol on his arm, arsenic. This mm -hmm. is some sort of a club. I wonder if we shouldn't try and draw that on ourselves. Those, those things are possible. They're scary as hell. What happens if what happens if this is the shadow stacks and you've been invited, but it's not like they invite 500 people. They just invite a few people. They'll know whether they invited you or not. Are the, uh, the three individuals with the bags, are they already gone? They took off. They uh, were walking down the street. Uh, is there is there any way to tail them? I mean, sure. You want to do that? Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of I don't know, not all that sneaky, but <laughs> so we <laughs> try to be following along behind. It's dark, you know. You just yeah. Stay in the in the shadows. It's dark. There are drunks in. everywhere. You can yeah yeah make your way through. Yeah, I'm gonna tail them. Okay. Let's see where they go. 
Okay. Um, are, are all of you going or? No, I'm going to see if I can see the license plate on, plate on that limo. Okay, the limo, the limo pulled away. It's, it's, currently, it's currently not there. Um, so the, uh, if you, if you follow the guys, they'll actually walk to like farther down Bourbon street, walk into a different part of the French quarter and go into a hotel. Okay. Um, I'll just kind of, uh, take note of the name of the hotel if, uh, if I can, and then maybe just take a peek inside the lobby. Okay. Uh, the hotel is called the, the hotel Conti. It's on Conti street close to, uh, Close to where you visited the Musée Conti, which was the Wax Museum. Okay. Nice and, hotel. Uh, Very nice hotel. When I and when I peek into the lobby, is it? Uh, I, I'm sure the guys are already gone. Um, but you know, is it kind of what you'd expect? It's a nicer, more upscale kind of establishment. Yeah, yeah. People maybe come into town for um, uh, you know tourists or or coming for business maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess nice. I'll leave it. I'll I'll leave it there and kind of head back to meet back up with my companions. Yeah. Well, it would be risky, but we have to figure out what's going on in there. I I don't know enough about weird rare books to say anything. I couldn't hold a conversation. Does the professor look like he might pass off as like my bodyguard? No. I look like I, I look like a grown up kid. Mm, okay. Well. He looks like White Urkel. <laughs> Steve or Stefan? That, that depends on the time of day. <laughs> it's like he's uh, Stephen in the streets and Stefan in the sheets. Oh, rare. <laughs> um, all right. At this point, uh, nobody else has come out yet, and it is uh, you know pushing two a.m. I actually realized too that we can't see Remy make it back, and he walks across the street. We can't really discuss with one another, so. If somebody wants we to, can, make, we can talk quietly in the alley. But we're not near each other. I'm just saying that if somebody wants to make a move, they could just do it. Don't let me talk you out of this. No, but I mean, people mill around, right? They're they're drunks passed out. You know, people walking. Two in the morning by now. They're passed. We can, out. we can pass each other. Just quietly say the word is arsenic. Okay, so you you do that. I'm staying across the street in the in the shadows. Um, I'm inclined to run to the speakeasy and grab a a mask. And then run back and and arsenic my way in. That that man didn't have a mask. Only the rich people had masks, right? Well, the, well, don't um, we want to appear rich? The people that came out of the limousine had masks. Right. They're the rich people. Everybody else hasn't had masks. Well, but see, we, we've been met by 
Santos before. So he would know our faces. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's be what we need. The masks are for the people who don't want people to know who they are. Yeah, that will be us. They don't want to be uh, uh, considered, you know, I don't know. I do, I do what you want. Don't, don't, I, I can't stop you. <laughs> what, what are you thinking, Alicia? Based on what you've seen? Well, I'm not sure, you know. Um, Alicia has masks. I'm curious, I'm curious about what's going on inside, but one, it's it's kind of late, and I'm getting, you know, I've been up all day, so uh, I might not be be at my sharpest. And two, um, yeah, we we're already. I don't know. It just seems like right now there's something strange going on here. I don't want to burst in there under false pretenses, and then you know we get caught by these these people. We don't know what's going on there. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm new to this, so I'll I'll go with what the group goes with. But you know, I'm a, I'm a bit uh, apprehensive right now. Well, should we should we call it for the night and then just try again tomorrow? Probably. We're not. We don't seem to be doing anything. Um, Alicia probably has masks in her uh, shop. Do you guys want to regroup at the, the shop or, uh, or or Remy's place? Yeah, why don't oh. we go back to the shop? I don't know. Sure I know. I know. For myself, in being in show business, I will have plenty of makeup experience. And I even got disguise. I think. Yeah, I got some disguise. Hmm. John Jerry, what are you thinking? Uh, John Jerry, as much as he he wants to go in, he but just I don't know he's sort of thinking that I don't know it only takes one thing going wrong. Like he could he try to get I don't know more advice on this from McGraws hmm. uh, later on. I know. Would it be possible to get a warrant? But that's what I'm thinking. Like the, like John Jerry's instinct, he wants to go in right now, and he's going to say deal with stuff. Um, you haven't seen anything illegal done yet. Yeah, exactly. So if if we make one wrong move, it's just going to be you know kind of a shitstorm, you know, legal wise. So well, what I'm thinking that. maybe tomorrow, if I could talk to talk to Lagrasse. Lagrasse hasn't say, done jack for us. I'm. Uh, Stand on the sidelines saying, do this yourself. You know, you're, got... you're a cop, right? Yeah. Okay, so what I can do is check with the state. I can check with my supervisor, try, I know, try to get a warrant. And I've got to try to... You're going to have to have a reason for a warrant. And exactly. Give you a so, I was going to suggest you're a cop. You're walking down Bourbon Street, and you notice that the lights are... That there's light peeking out through the cracks in there, you might knock. It's like, is anything going on in there? Maybe there's robbers in there. You know? Okay, is this building is supposed to... It's supposed to be closed. It's supposed to... 
Or you could always see that an anonymous tip. Yeah. Okay, so this building's supposed to be closed at six. Okay. Okay, well, do you know what? Ah, why not? <laughs> okay, so we've watched people go in, everything like that. Um, but what, do you know what? I'm going to take a, a walk by. I was going to say, Professor, do you want to what, stay about five, six feet behind me here? Um, are there people still going in now, or is it, you know, has it kind of uh, stopped? Uh, nobody else has, has come out yet. Okay. Okay, so do you know what? I'm going to take a walk, walk by, look around, and give a knock on the door. Okay. Just a friendly right, so check to make sure nobody's robbing the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the door opens. Uh, the man you saw earlier says, uh, good, good evening. Uh, good evening, uh, sir. Uh, uh, Detective John Jerry here. Uh, just going for a walk and realized, uh, what's going on in this building here? This is supposed to be closed uh, earlier on in the day. I saw, you know, heard from a couple kids down who were uh, walking around saying that uh, you know, something was going on in here. So, uh, uh, no, I was going to uh, say, as a detective, I'm always on duty, and uh, you know, just for the safety of the community, what's going on here? So, uh, nothing going on here, sir. Mister uh, Mister Hernandez having a having a private party. Okay, so he's he's the owner of the building, right? That's right. Okay. Sure, do uh, appreciate you keeping the community safe, detective. Okay. Now, is this a normal thing to have a party uh, after six or all the time, or is this just a one-shot thing? So. Uh, just Mr. Hernandez entertaining guests. Okay. Uh, there's, no, there's, no, there's no noise. We, we don't have any bands playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. What was your name again, sir? Uh, you can call me Juan. Juan? Okay, well, thank you, Juan. I appreciate it. And uh, as, as I said, just looking out for the citizens of our our city here, and uh, just making sure. It's going to say, you know what, making sure nobody's breaking in, and you know what, destroying his property and stuff. So it's going to say thank you, Juan, and uh, I was going to say enjoy the rest of the evening. So, yeah. well, sure do appreciate you keeping eyes on everything. Okay, so after that, I turn back around. Uh, the same direction as the professor. I tell him the, you know, mm. I was going to say, I tell him Juan's name. I know it. Sorry? I couldn't really see. And you know, what did they say? If they say the owner of the building is, uh, you know, was in there. I don't know. What can I do? Can I call? I don't know. Can I call and think that there's a fire? Like, can I? <laughs> no, you can't lie about these things because there's no fire. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, we well, know we something. Know Santos is in there selling cupcakes, and yeah, we're all so. making something out of it that's not happening. <laughs> of course, um, I don't believe that for a minute. Santos is upstairs having an orgy with all those people. <laughs> About how many people have we seen in total going in? 
Well, if you if you saw everything, there was the 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 group that came in when you guys were in the alley. Right. Uh, there was the limousine. Uh, a man and a woman couple came out the limousine, and there was one more man dressed more plainly went in. I wonder if there's a way you can uh, uh, you can find out who those men in the hotel are, John. Now, a little while later, you as you guys are, are kind of putting this back together, you do see the limousine come back. Okay. Um, that license plate. It stops on the street. Mm-hmm. Yep, it has a license plate. You can write it down. Uh, and then the door opens again, and um, you, you, you know, you see Watson. Uh, you have, have a great evening. Uh, come back and see us again. And then you hear a woman say, oh, we, we, we will. And you notice it's like a kind of a thick European accent. And they, uh, they say, we'll, we'll be back. And they get into the car and leave. It's still, the man and woman in there. They're still, still wearing the mask. All right. They get in a limousine. It pulls away. Well, let's head for home and uh, plan our next uh, foray into the unknown. Uh, and Jerry, John Jerry, can you trace that license plate? I will do my best. So it's uh, at the station in the morning. So. Cool. Well, why don't we uh, uh, why don't we call it for the night then, and we'll okay. we'll pick up next week. You have enough for next week. Cool. Yep. All right. Our players included Josh Joshua Hook, Kim Smeltzer, Wayne Worthy, Craig Malcolm, and myself, with Kurt LeBlanc as Keeper of the Secrets. Our music, uh, the music we're using for this campaign is Save My Soul by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Uh, They're kind enough to let us uh, use their music. Uh, I've put a link to their YouTube channel in the description below. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. We actually have a, a, a new patron, one of our regular players, uh, Jeff Beck, uh, has donated $15 a month. Thank you very much, Jeff. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure to the universe of HP Lovecraft and a Call of Cthulhu role playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good game.